we were sort of, I guess, given more opportunities to experiment, I guess, which is super positive because, you know, there's no rule book for COVID and what we, you know, what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, and, you know, and so we were given ample opportunities to try, try new things and, um, you know, and just give it a go and, and see how you went. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Not only have airlines, cafes, restaurants, and caterers taken a huge hit from the pandemic, but the hotel industry has been left reeling too. With a heavy reliance on travellers, what impact has border closures and no international tourists had on the operations of hotels? Shannon Craig is the General Manager of QT Canberra. Shannon, how are you going? I'm very well, thank you. And you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. It's been Thanks. a pretty crazy little time in the hotel industry. What's it like at the moment? Canberra's fared pretty well and uh, people can travel again. What, give us a picture of how the hotel is operating just at the moment. Uh, lots of green shoots at the moment, actually. Um, we've had one case, I guess, in the last uh, three months. Um, so... It's given everyone a bit of confidence. Um, Occupancy-wise, uh, we're still struggling a bit as everyone gets their heads, I guess, back round to travelling commercially. Um, Canberra's a fairly corporate town, I guess we call it, corporate and government. Um, so we're heavily reliant on, on that business. So, um, But we've, we've got some meetings again this week, um, which is really great um, and and the restaurant continues to tick on and you know and our occupancy is up in the 40s so um, that's 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 pretty positive because in the beginning it was it was uh, much less than that well take us back to that time and the sort of uh, impact that the lockdown had on the hotel because it's not just beds there's restaurants there's all sorts of staff um, can you paint a picture of what actually happened to the QT I can. Canberra was, um, I'm going to say, late to the party in respect that we were still quite busy. There was still some travel going on in, in mid-March where a lot of the um, capital cities had already seen some quite big decreases. But even the week starting the 16th of March, and I remember it fondly, we, we were still quite busy. We had a residential uh, conference in-house that came with a hundred rooms, um, you know, and it was it, it, it was it was pumping actually, um, and then the announcement came from um, you know Prime Minister's office um, saying that as of the twenty third of March um, restrictions were coming in, and um, look, you know, there's not really any other way to say it. We uh, we fell off a cliff. Um, for us, I think the the first. Um, I guess the, there's accommodation cancellations coming in, but I think the first sort of major impact or the thing that we felt the most was, you know, we had millions of dollars of conferencing booked in advance and some of those events, you know, the guys work 12 to 18 months to develop relationships um, and obviously there's lots of other suppliers involved. Um, so to watch them go through that process, especially of those first couple of weeks of understanding, you know, what the situation was and then, you know, putting about as much time and energy as uh, trying to, you know, um, postpone and, and sometimes just straight cancel, you know, business that they'd worked so hard for. So that was 
probably the most um, devastating, I guess, in, in that first week because it was it was so obvious that this was going to be <laughs> uh, not a short-term situation. How many staff did you have at the time and was there an impact on staffing levels given what had just happened? Mm. We had 200 and about 210 on the books. Um, we have a huge amount of casuals here at QT Canberra because we do have massive uh, conferencing and obviously conferencing um, changes and varies and, and we need different numbers, so we flex there. Um, so, you know, without <laughs> putting too hard a picture on that, but, you know, that, that whole part of the business just disappeared um, completely. So... Um, you know, we, we fairly quickly um, had to get down to a, a, a reasonably skeleton um, staff through, um, you know, standouts, and they're simply not being work for casuals. Um, yeah, it was a, a pretty awful time. Uh, we had, um, uh, you know, we're a fairly decent-sized company, so we've got a risk team, so we had a lot of um, good support and good information. Um, and our line was initially that the general managers made all the communications um, to our staff, which I think, you know, is is, is pretty special, um, you know, and I tried to get hold of 200 and something people. That's not always that easy, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> especially, you know, some of them only work, you know, once every couple of weeks, um, but I, I think that was a really good line um, to take and, and really good culturally for... Um, for the teams to, to get to talk to me, I guess. Yeah, yep. You're used to running a rather large hotel. What, what was it like for you at that time trying to cope with those circumstances as a general manager? Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's tough. I think the thing about the hospitality industry in general is that we are actually used to a fair bit of change and a fair bit of flex. So... Um, that doesn't make it easier, but I think it, our mindsets are, you know, every day is different and, and things fluctuate wildly. So I think, I think that helps. Um, I guess it takes a bit to comprehend, you know, to get your head around how long term this is going to be, what we have to put in place to, you know, protect our staff and our business. Um, for me, I guess I had to slow down a little bit, used to having lots of things on and, and lots of people around and you know interestingly my husband's in construction and his life did the complete opposite so <laughs> kind of you know that was quite an interesting um I don't know I guess change in relationship um you know and uh, you know credit where credit's due my husband does a lot of cooking because you know he, he gets home generally earlier than me but I sort of picked up the cooking and you know he says the caliber's gone up so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess you, you just sort of, I just uh, life slowed down a bit. Um, you know, a, a lot of you need a, you need a lot of um, I guess recovery time and good sleep and fresh air and, and those sorts of things and exercise to make sure that you're you know the best that you can be when you're dealing um, you know and and talking to you know, a group of you know your team that are that are going through some pretty, um, you know, awful, you know, circumstances personally and professionally. So, yeah, a, a, a lot of um, a lot of Shannon time. <laughs> you mentioned a bit earlier that you're only now at about 40% occupancy rate and, mm. and that's a real mm. positive. 
What did you do early on yes. to pivot and get money through the door? I know you've got one of Canberra's best restaurants uh, in the hotel. Can you paint a picture of mm. the sort of things that you guys did to get money coming through the door? Look, I, I think, you know, we, we, we all gave a, a few things a try. And um, and one of the things that we did do was um, take, take away. Obviously, we still did room service because we could still service the few guests that we had in-house. Um, but we also did take away we set up a bit of a, um, a deli and, um, and and tried to sell some of our wines too we've got a fabulous huge selection of wine I mean I think realistically you know that that was never going to make any kind of dent but it was really important to keep you know the team that I had here who are you know high performing um, you know uh, managers mainly um, engaged and interested and, and giving them projects was kind of <laughs> one of the things that was that was keeping them you know getting up in the morning and and feeling that they were still contributing because that's I think one of my learnings is usually we're all so busy and, and they've got enough demands that I don't need to put you know, <laughs> additional ones on there um, but during that during that period to be fair that was more about engagement I guess and remaining engaged with the community too so that they knew that you know We'd made a decision fairly on that we were going to keep the hotel open regardless, um, and um, and and you know and just letting them know that that we're here and we're trying to look after you know the staff we've got and we're we're um, you know it's it's important to stay here. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that um, a lot of the clientele that you get in Canberra are business people and the government sector. Um, mm. Did the did the clientele of the restaurant change can, and the restaurant model change? Can you take us through what happened? Yeah, yep. the the restaurant The restaurant model did change. I mean, we've had a we do have a fabulous um, local following, and and we're we're so lucky. And when we made a decision, um, we didn't reopen the restaurant on the on the first round. We didn't. We waited until we could seat fifty, just because at a time because that's the sort of restaurant and style of service that we wanted to keep we didn't want to we didn't want to change too much but we did have to change um manning a little bit and we changed the menu we used to a really big menu here and, and we did have to you know minimize the menu a bit um and but that said we did we decided to do specials so there was still a lot of offering but the local support that we got as soon as we opened is just um you know such a testament to the team um, and I guess to the cutie and the amount of time this sort of building has been here um, we we're basically doing in the restaurant you know similar numbers than than we did prior COVID um, we have shortened the opening times um, we're not trading out of the restaurant on a Sunday and Monday so I guess that's how we pivoted a bit a bit to make sure that the you know that it, there was some profit still in, or breaking even still involved, as opposed to you know we really had to look at w what our trading periods were and, and when we you know when we were going to be um, you know most likely to be profitable. But so you know so lucky there have been nights where you know I've had twenty people staying in the hotel and we've done eighty for dinner. Um, just yeah yeah very very well supported feeling very very lucky for that. That focus on local and um, has that changed? Do you think what the model of a hotel uh, of your type will be in the future? 
I think, um, indeed, I think we um, we have some pillars, and um, and one of them is loved by locals. So it, it has, as part of a, of the QT chain, been very important because we do try and have these, you know, not standalone restaurants, but these restaurants that do stand on their own without uh, the accommodation rooms. Um, and I think, you know, obviously that's not the case in all hotel chains, and it certainly has. Uh, carried us through this period so I, I definitely think that um, you know people seeing this model work um, will, will certainly be looking you know that way in the future um, because it has been you know it is quite clear that that that, that loved by local um, you know pillar that we have has has you know done us amazing things over this period. I know you've uh, spent some time working in the UK but how did you get a start in the hospitality sector? Um, I always wanted to work in hotels. How's that? I used to travel. <laughs> we were very. I was very lucky. Um, we did a bit of international travel when I was um, fairly young, um, and I loved staying in hotels. I just, just loved them. <laughs> you know, loved the uniforms, loved design. You know, loved loved. I still walk into a hotel wherever and read the compendium or look at it now on a screen. Um, you know, I, I always sort of um, had that passion. And I remember when I was um, 16, we had a, you know, meeting with the high school dean about what we wanted to do. And I said, you know, I want to run hotels. Um, wow. And I, I committed fairly early, I guess. And then I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've just kind of gone with that. No, I love it. <laughs> Just love it. Yeah, still still absolutely love it. Mm. I know, I just sort of briefly touched on it. Can you tell us about your time in the UK and and the influences that it had on you as, a, as an operator? Interesting in the UK um, because we're not a, um, you know, we're not a brand or a chain in the UK. Um, we just had the one hotel in, or we just had the one hotel in Kensington in London. And Kensington is also an area where there are lots of boutique hotels. And because it was 80 rooms and in a, a beautiful villa, um, you know, it, it was seen a bit as an independent. So I guess that was a, a lot of learnings there is, again, you know, getting getting your own reputation and market. Um, so many fabulous experiences in London, obviously, amazing restaurants, um, you know, calibre of staff, um, you know, just experience-wise. Um, yeah, just just in, in general, such a, a privilege to be in London, um, obviously before COVID, um, but but also, um, you know, in a, in a great job and, and, and being able to, to see London and experience London um, and come back with ideas too, because obviously there's some of the, you know, top brands in the world are... Uh, are based in London um, and New York and so just going into some of those properties and looking at those products um, was was a really good experience I think a, a lot of it a lot of those two years in, in London were, were research um, and I did get given you know a, a few research projects for the for the company while I was there so it was it was really educational time I really enjoyed it well Canberra might be the capital of Australia but it really is a small country town compared to London what What's it been like being in Canberra from coming from London? I think um, it depends to me, I guess, a bit on the job. Um, you know, this, this is a, a big hotel and it's got 
um, you know, a, a lot of conferencing, a seller restaurants and some amazing staff. So to me, the job here is big, you know, and I and I love that. So so the I guess the quieter time that comes from being in Canberra is, is not a bad thing. Um, also, you know, some fabulous, fabulous restaurants, as, as you would have, I'm sure, gone to some now. Um, and, you know, some really, um, really uh, great things to see and do in Canberra. But I, I'm, I don't mind the difference just because the job is, it, it's a big job and it, and it requires a bit so the quiet time's not bad <laughs> well let's have a look at that what, what does it actually take to be a general manager of a hotel oh i think in all hospitality um whether it's you know restaurant or, or travel and tourism i think you, you just have to love it because um it's truly unpredictable i mean pr prior to you know 2020 it, it, it's a very unpredictable you know industry your days um, change and and that's what I love it. I, I love um, you know I, lo I love not knowing you know exactly what the day is going to bring. Obviously we have a set of tasks um, and 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 I love that. Um, at sort of this level, a lot of my time is 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 developing my team um, and supporting them and ensuring that they've got um, everything they need to to be awesome, I guess, um, and and to do you know what what they want to do and to get where they want to be um like i mentioned we do have a really st strong caliber of um, department heads here and um and they're they're all they're all they're all very different um, <laughs> and um and and leading them i guess is what gives me you know i think that's the most important part of my job um leading them to do their job really well um aside from that um you know i think hospitality management is still a lot of contracting um Someone asked me what um, you know what you'd study to get into into hotels and hospitality management, and I said, oh, you know, probably study to be a contract lawyer. To be fair, because you know everything you deal, you put out contracts, you get in contracts. That's sort of um, you know what you spend a lot of time doing. But I think it's passion. It's it's just you know it, it's it's loving it. It's enjoying the challenges. It's being flexible and liking being flexible. You know, and and listening. I guess. Yeah. This time has uh, challenged many and forced everyone to rethink how they do things. Have you changed the operations of the hotel, and and if so, is that some is that sort of change um, that you'll keep moving forward? We, the, I guess, the changes that we make, um, the expectation is yeah, is is long term, is so that you know we change things for the better, so that they work, you know, for the future. Um, because I think the market's changed and, um, you know, like I say, historically ha Canberra has not been a huge leisure-driven town, um, but there's no reason for that and, and we're working very hard with um, AC2 Tourism and, um, you know, the Bureau and Australian Hotels, so, you know, to, to, to remind everyone that, you know, there's fabulous things to see in Canberra, um, you know, aside from the one school trip that I think everyone had to do in year, year six, I think it was, um, <laughs> and and to put it on their on their leisure agenda. And to be fair, um, after you know the fires etc. of January, you know, AC T Tourism and, and Tourism Australia had already decided that you know we really needed to go down this path of um, holiday locally and holiday here. So I think that's one thing that, um, you know, that 
that we've had to, you know, work out our, how, how we appeal more to, to that market perhaps than we've put, um, you know, time and energy in before. We, we really need to, um, to make sure that our services, you know, suit, suit that part of the market and that, you know, people are going to feel that they want to come to Canberra and um, stay in our beautiful hotel and, and see all the fabulous things in Canberra. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the restaurants, I, I guess, um, you know, another thing that um, has been going fabulously for, for a long time under, you know, a, a fairly set um, sort of way to do things. Um, and, and we've absolutely had to flex that um, so that, again, we're, we're more profitable with, um, with nights closed and, and bits and pieces. So, you know, we, we've had to change, again, our, our menus there. We obviously want to continue to use the best suppliers. Um, so, so it's not a price driven, it's more an offering so that we can still offer all that fabulous, um, you know, produce without, um, you know, and, and run a viable business. Um, and I think the team, they, you know, have gone back a little bit back to their roots because, you know, there was a time where there was only a few of us and everyone sort of had to do everything. Um, and I think that's a, that's a really good thing. That's a really positive reminder. Um, that, you know, we, we all started somewhere and we all have to do everything. And I think that changes how we work together as a team. So, yeah, I think all the changes, there's not really much that I think we're going to come back from. I think, you know, we've got to, anything we implement, we have to um, have with the theory that this is how it is now, um, business-wise, and, and go from there. You mentioned how important conferencing and events has been and some of the massive uh, events that you've had to cancel or postpone because of the pandemic. How do you feel about that part of the business and events and conferencing just generally moving forward? Oh, it's, it's... I think that people are always going to want to get together. And I think... Um, Initially, we talked a lot about how, you know, everything would be on Zoom, but I think we've had enough Zooms to last us a lifetime. Um, how <laughs> everything would go to, you know, people sitting in different rooms. But I don't know. I don't know about that because, you know, we've found, um, especially as we're going into November, which is traditionally a bit of an award season, that, you know, we've picked up um, award functions. People people still want to get together. So, look, I think that travel budgets um, are going to be cut everywhere and I don't think a lot of them, you know, they're not going to just get put back in because business is trading, you know, normally. Like, that's just not how businesses work. You think, you know, if we've done fine without this huge travel budget, we'll continue to. But I still believe that, you know, people meeting face-to-face -face is, is, is going to be, you know... Um, Forever, I, I think you can't, and I think it's kind of shown that that it, the the COVID's shown that what well, we can do a lot of things without seeing each other, but we kind of still want to see each other. So it'll be a slow um, progress and or process. Sorry, and I, I I think it'll take some time. I think it'll take a lot of time to get back because, like I said, some of those big events are twelve and eighteen months in the making. Um, and there's a lot of confidence that has to come with that and travel and bits and pieces. So it's going to be a long, slow um, process, but I, I think people still want to see each other. You mentioned that uh, you've always wanted to be a general manager of a hotel, which is astonishing for a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
How, how have you felt about your career during this time with the pandemic first landing? Was, was there any other thoughts that um, you may have to change your vocation? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, there was, yes. Yep. Um, and, you know, those are, those are tough thought processes to have. Um, you know, I've, I've always done, you know, I, d I was in restaurants for a bit. I spent a little bit of time in audiovisual um, and, um, and, and then hotels all, all my life. So, yeah, the thought of changing that is a little bit scary. I think the one thing um, is that, uh, you know, if you've got solid management skills and, and leadership skills, you know, that, that should get you into, you know, m most other industries to a degree. So, um, yes, I, I, I did think about it. Um, I even thought I might just go back to university, Huck, but <laughs> go study something else, go be a lawyer or something else. But, um, but, but yeah, I guess I, I, in the back of my head, you know, you always think it, it's got to come back. It will come back. It's just time and, and you know, let's just we've got time let's just go you know let's just wait it out because it's going to come back you mentioned you quite enjoy the quiet times that you have in Canberra even though you have a high energy job um, and also that you know there might be a heavy reliance on sort of local tourism uh, given the circumstances that we've just had of this year um, can you tell us what you love about Canberra and the sort of places you love to eat what, what's so great about it I love Canberra because it's got, you know, for a for a, a country town, as, as we refer it to, it, it has such a huge mix of, um, of of people, I guess, because of Parliament, because of you know the some of the best universities in the country, um, because some of you know the top corporates, um, you know, head of business are based here. Um, it's it's very energetic, um, you know, in, in business-wise for a, for a small environment, and and I love that, and I, I love the level of you know passion and and quite high education in Canberra too, um, just because of the amount of universities etc. here, so you can always get into a, a great conversation slash debate with anyone. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm out in um, uh, Sutton, which is you know out past the Federal Highway there and so I like to go out to the vineyards and the restaurants on the vineyards out there so that's kind of my um, and, and, and in Gundaroo and you know and that sort of um, yeah that, that's what I enjoy um, there are so many great restaurants here and um, you know and, and walking distance you know from from anywhere but you know I, I don't go out too much because I do um, I, I don't mind cooking when I've got time and um, and I'm pretty fussy <laughs> with produce, and I'm pretty spoilt here, obviously. Um, so yeah, I, I tend to when we go out to eat, it's generally an occasion, I guess. I'm I'm probably you know your occasion diner. Otherwise, I'm you know I'm happy cooking, or or, or you know my husband's happy cooking and having a great glass of wine with dinner. Things are picking up, and um, occupancy rates are going higher, and summer is coming. Um, what, what's your hope over the summer period for the hotel sector and and the QT? I'm hoping that some of the regional um, travellers and, and also 
some border openings um, that you know that that Aussies get in the car and 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 um, and do a bit of a tour. Um, I think there's you know there's there's lots to do, and it would be great to you know to see some you know some more families and some more young couples and some more you know nomads travelling through Canberra over summer. I mean, I think without international um, flights available, there's there's a huge amount of opportunity. Um, you know, if if we attack it the right way to um, you know to get people through, um, because everyone needs a break and um, and lots of businesses still shut down over Christmas. So, you know, we're hoping to get some of that um, some of that leisure tourism through. Um, you know, even if it's on the way to the bays or et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, generally January um, is fairly quiet in Canberra. Um, but we're sort of expecting it not to be as quiet just be because people can't go that far. Um, but a couple of border openings would help. <laughs> it's been a pretty interesting year and you've had um, quite a few challenges and the hotel sector is still reeling from this pandemic. Um, but has there been some positives to come from these circumstances for you? Lots of positives. I think it's important that we always find the positives because they're the learnings. Um, you know, as I mentioned, my you know my team um, have sort of got back to roots a bit more. They've certainly got closer. Um, the importance of you know of of those relationships, um, you know, have been really evident. While you know everyone's looked after each other as well as the business, you know, there's there's been a lot of growth um, in that. Um, Again, I think we are quite good at flexing, but it just, um, <laughs> you know, made us sharper, um, quicker. Um, and we were sort of, I guess, given more opportunities to experiment, I guess, which is super positive because, you know, n there's no rule book for COVID and what we, you know, what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, and, you know, and so we were given ample opportunities to try try new things and, um, you know, and just give it a go and, and see how you went. Um, so that's good because there's been team members that have, you know, never been in as much of a position to, you know, just give it a go. Let's see how we go. Um, yeah, and I think the industry in general, um, I think, has got a, have, have got closer. I mean, Canberra's a fairly small place. Um, we all know each other in hotel land um, as they do in restaurant land. Um, and um, we're connected anyway, but I think um, just this need to look after each other um, has been, you know, uh, more more important. And the communication um, has been really open, so that you know everyone's got all the information and everyone's you know sharing information, so that we can try and get through this as quickly as we can. You know, with as few. Um, you know, disaster stories, I guess, as, as possible. So I think there's a closeness um, that's been, you know, that's been super, super positive. You've got a pretty uh, handy chef there at QT. Um, Josh, what's, what's, what's something that you're enjoying on the menu there at the moment that people uh, could come in and enjoy? Oh, that's tough. I like, no. Um, I... <laughs> um, Mm, mm, um, oh, 
Look, I, I love I love the, our oysters. I love the oysters. <laughs> Obviously, we have fabulous relationships with local suppliers, so we have great oysters. Um, and then, you know, a, this, we're doing a swordfish, um, which I love seafood and which is interesting from the girl that runs the <laughs> fairly heavily uh, meat fo- or, you know, steak-focused restaurant. But... Um, I do love my seafood, so um, I, I think our, our our meat is always very, very good um, to the extent that I don't often buy it to cook at home because <laughs> I can never quite get anything we can get here. Um, but, yeah, the swordfish, I'm, I'm loving the swordfish, but, I mean, that's just such a personal preference. I do love seafood. Well, Shannon, uh, we've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds. Good luck and hopefully the occupancy rates um, boom this summer and we can sort of get back to... Uh, relative normality um please keep in touch and we'll talk again soon thank you huck and a quick congratulations for today for making an honorable mention on gourmet traveler i have to mention that well done <laughs> <laughs> thank you um we're, we're very chuffed and very surprised and honored um so that, but thank you this is the deep in the weeds podcast i'm anthony huckstep Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's HOSPO community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>